Hello there. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. Today I am going to be talking to you about Jane Austen's juvenalia. We've reached that point in her life where she really starts writing for the first time and that's what we're going to look at today. So Jane Austen's juvenalia is three volumes um, divided between three notebooks bought for her by her father that consists of stories and poems and plays that Jane wrote between the ages of about 11 to 18 or so. This is the work that she did before her main novels. So these stories uh, and such in the juvenalia are quite different to what Jane would write later in her novels Um, and I'm going to be using a few examples today to sort of illustrate my point. Um, I'm going to be looking at The Beautiful Cassandra, a mad story of of a girl who steals a hat uh, and goes on a joyride around town essentially. That was dedicated to but hopefully not based on her sister Cassandra. Also going to look at Love and Friendship. Um, this was spelt F-R-E-I-N-D. Um, it was just a different spelling at the time, so you might see that. Um, it's not a misprint, that is actually how they spelt it. This was an epistolary story, um, a story written in letters, about a now old woman, I think she's about 55 or so, uh, talking to a young girl about the follies of love, and it's just completely mad. Um, It's this story in which you find the quote that is so often put on Jane Austen merchandise, um, run mad as often as you choose but do not faint. And the last one I'm going to look at um, is The History of England by a Partial Prejudiced and Ignorant Historian. And yes, that is where I got the, uh, the name for my history episodes from, so that's where that comes from. This is a sarcastic, wild look at some of the kings and queens of England um, that Jane's sister Cassandra actually illustrated. So if you can get a copy of that, they are available. Um, You should definitely have a look. It is just hilarious. Okay, so let's dive in to these stories then. So a lot of Jane's juvenilia, including these three tales, Um, They're a lot more ridiculous than her later novels. They do take a focus on the ridiculous. Um, Scholars say that these stories are actually what is known as burlesque. No, that doesn't involve the dancing and the fans and, and whatnot or the Christina Aguilera movie. What that means is that these stories are irreverent. Um, It's based on an extravagant incongruity between a subject and its treatment. Um, So this is just absolute madness, essentially. Focus on the ridiculous. Um, And you can see it in these stories. Um, In Beautiful Cassandra, she's running around not paying for anything, Uh, joyriding around town, absolutely wild. Uh, In Love and Friendship, 
as I said, there's the uh, the quote about running mad but not fainting. Um, there are carriage crashes. A young lady does faint to death. Um, she faints so much that she gets pneumonia uh, and dies later on. Um, so that is a wonderfully wild, mad tale. I definitely recommend you read that one. Uh, and then in the history of England... Um, you may remember back in our um, episode about Jane's family that her father was a vicar, a Church of England vicar. Um, and if you know about history at all, particularly the Tudors, that's when the Church of England was established because Henry couldn't keep it in his pants and divorced his wife after the Pope said no. Uh, so, in the history of England, the definitely Church of England Jane goes on about how wonderful the Catholic kings and queens were compared to their Protestant counterparts, uh, and it is just hilarious. It is so funny, she is absolutely just ripping in to all of these ideas, it's just brilliant. So you can really see how much they do differ from her eventual novels later on. Um, fun fact, uh, Sense and Sensibility was the first novel that she wrote after her juvenilia, and it did actually start life as Eleanor and Marianne, which was an epistolary novel like the ones in her juvenilia, um, but the, she then changed it later on. Now, what is interesting... Uh, particularly to me, uh, about Jane Austen's juvenilia, is that for a lot of historians, um, her works at this time are the first to really put a, a sense of teenagerhood into the characters, um, particularly adolescent characters with disdain of their elders and traditions of the past. Now, this is a really exciting idea. Um, when I was at university, I did a dissertation on the emergence of teenagers as a concept in the 1960s. So you can see uh, how far back this, this might go and why it's such a big deal. Um, now, Jane doesn't specifically use the word teenager. Um, as I alluded to, that wasn't really until the 1960s. Um, but this idea of adolescent characters with the disdain of their elders and disdain of old ideals and sort of separate from children and from adults is really an important distinction in terms of social classes. Um, during the Regency period, um, you went from child to adult quite quickly. You grew up um, and you were a child until about... 12 or 13 or so, um, even younger if you were working in class and had to go down the mines and such. Um, so there really wasn't this concept of, of teenagerhood at all, um, but to find evidence of that in Jane Austen's works is actually really exciting. So a lot of people, uh, scholars among them, do think that Jane's sarcastic sort of focus on the ridiculous attitude comes from living in a house full of boys. If you remember, she has six brothers, but also all of those um, potential Oxford students that her father took in. Um, and that is a, a difficult 
idea. I mean, obviously, young boys are known for being more ridiculous and um, focusing on death action and, and all of those, you know, wildly mad things. It's definitely not the sort of work you'd expect from a, a well-brought-up middle-class girl. But I think what this juvenilia shows is that Jane always had that talent for observing society and sort of giving it a sarcastic interpretation. Perhaps the idea to focus on that may have come from living in a house full of boys, but it definitely wasn't the main reason because, well, Jane, later on when she's writing her novels, she's not surrounded by boys, particularly when she gets her novels published and she's doing rewrites and edits and things. She is living in the house in Chorsham, surrounded by her mother, her sister and a family friend. So there's no boys around. So we can't say that they were definitely the influence behind her sarcasm, because otherwise her later novels would definitely have not been the sarcastic masterpieces that they are. And that's really where you sort of see the crossover between her juvenilia and her later works. Uh, the sarcasm is dialed down a bit, obviously, in her later works, and it's not so much focused on the ridiculous, though I would argue that Mr Collins is one of the most ridiculous figures in English literature. Um, <laughs> but the one way that they really sort of are connected is Jane's focus on confident wildful heroines who are just such wonderful figures um now of course novel writing um is really sort of taking off in this period it was considered quite um uncouth to read novels before this point uh, but a lot of novels did focus on male characters and followed their story whereas in jane's novels we get these wonderful heroines um, and they basically buy convention and tradition and they get on with their own lives and you can definitely see that in Jane Austen's Juvenalia. Interestingly, um, if, <laughs> if you are interested in this sort of thing, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Bechdale test. This is a test for books and TV programmes on how sexist they are, um, according to some criteria, which uh, basically sort of boils down to there have to be two female characters who talk to each other for an extended period of time about something other than the male lead. Now, this is interesting because Jane's novels do not pass the Bechdel test if you reverse the genders. So in her novels, you have men who do nothing other than talk about the female heroines. Uh, and that is really sort of a, a trend-setting, most radical opinion at this point. Um, a lot of people do point to Jane Austen as being a feminist. Um, I will talk about that in later episodes because it's a bit of a difficult topic to handle, really. Um, but that's where a lot of this evidence comes from. So uh, that is a brief journey through Jane Austen's juvenilia. 
hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode and I really want to know where you stand on some of these debates. Is Jane Austen a feminist? Is this the first example of teenagers in literature and so forth? Uh, let me know, drop me a comment, tweet me at Kath Price Author. And talking of my tweets, um, if you didn't see my tweet yesterday, there is a wonderful YouTube channel called Read Acted, um, R-E-A-D-A-C-T-E-D, um, which has a wonderful video on Jane Austen's narrative style that looks at why she is such a clever author, and it really explains very, very well what it is that makes her so brilliant. So I do recommend giving that a watch as well. So thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austenite. I hope you've enjoyed it. Join me next week when we will look at Love and Friendship, uh, a film that came out a few years ago, uh, but isn't actually based on Love and Friendship, the short story. It's actually based on another uh, very famous part of Jane Austen's Juvenalia, a a story called Lady Susan. Um, So we'll look at that next week. And if you're worried that I didn't mention Lady Susan, that's actually why, because I'm going to focus on it. I'm going to give a whole episode to it next week. So tune in for that. So once again, uh, thank you for listening. Do like and subscribe and comment and all those things that you're supposed to do with podcasts. I really hope that you are enjoying these episodes. Um, I'm loving putting it together and I'm so happy (laughs) when people listen to it. Um, So yeah, uh, thank you very much. Uh, And as ever, happy reading your faithful servant, the author.